the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 78 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. We've got a great episode for you guys today. After a bit of a brief hiatus for the holiday season and just craziness of life, we are back. We are going to be interviewing Dan Leonard. You might know him as the home studio master or voice actor as well. And now he recently became the president of World Voices Organization, or WOVO, which is a trade organization whose sole mission is to try and advocate for voice talent to make sure that we are all adhering to some level of professional standards in this arena. Yeah, Dan uh, has a lot to say. As most people know, he's pretty opinionated, and I'm pretty excited to see where he takes the organization. So we'll have that coming up for you in just a few moments. But before that, it's time for our... VoiceOver Extra brings you the VO Meter Reference Levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show. So, Sean, what's happening in your VO world? Well, lots of things. I actually took notes. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, a few weeks ago, we uh, we actually went to the Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver Conference. Uh, it's virtually. Coordinated by Val Ke- uh, virtually, yes. Um, coordinated by Val Kelly. And that was great. She, she really went above and beyond with the guests that she had this year. Got to see Jennifer Hale. You saw a great uh, animation panel with her, Patrick Fraley, Everett Oliver, just some incredible talent. I actually did a character workshop on accents and stuff like that just to kind of because it was feeling rusty and what was cool is that the uh, the guy who did the, the workshop was like just write a list of like of the alphabet like a to g will start and just see how many characters and accents you can come up with that start with the various letters and some people like had, had some people struggled with it some people got like five and i got like 12 and i was like wow i'm man maybe maybe this is a skill of mine i need to cultivate more so it was a nice it was a fun practice. It was fun uh, to, to strut my stuff for a little bit there. But yeah, it was a great little virtual event. What did you think? Yeah, it was it was uh, really good as well. I unfortunately had a bunch of other stuff going on, so I didn't get to attend a whole lot. But the things I did attend were fabulous. I got a shout out from Sean Pratt during a session just by stu- sticking my stupid oh, face yeah. in the video. <laughs> he was doing his nonfiction narration class and just happened to see me and said, Paul Stefano, what are you doing here? only because I'm a graduate of his program, so I guess he found it ironic I was there. But I just kind of wanted to see if he had anything new to add, and he did, actually. So it was good to see the new nuances that he's added to his program since I graduated two years ago. And I also presented a session on networking along with Patrick Kirshner. That was the social hour on what turned into like three hours on Saturday night. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. I think some people got some, some cool ideas on how to network effectively from that. And I want to talk about one that I know did in a few minutes. So yeah, overall, Val always does a great job, and I was impressed with what she did this year as well. Indeed, indeed. Um, 
So, yeah, definitely. Actually, one thing I want to talk about, too, is speaking of cons, I actually went to Emerald City Comic Con for the first time last weekend in, like, two years. So that was nuts. So it being Seattle, though, they were very COVID-conscious. Everyone had to have Vax cards or negative uh, COVID status, and everyone masked throughout. And what was really surprising was, like, Seattleites were actually masking outside, too. I was amazed. Like, definitely different from some of the con experiences I've seen televised throughout the U.S., that's kind of scary, though, honestly. I mean, I know it's, it's over now, but it seems like there was a super spreader of the Omicron variant at the, uh, at the New York um, Anime Con, right? So hopefully, fingers mm-hmm. crossed, everything will be okay with Emerald City. Yeah, it's terrible timing, I admit. Like, and, <laughs> and it wasn't like, no, I know. And like, I, if I hadn't just gotten my booster like a few days before, then I might be more nervous. But anyways, we, everyone was very like considerate and conscious so just hoping for the best um there were some amazing voice actors there though there there was nolan north of uncharted and deadpool fame there was steve bloom who needs little introduction spike spiegel wolverine um star wars rebels all that stuff and then uh, a newer talent, Ross Marquand, who does a lot of voice matching and does on-camera stuff for uh, The Walking Dead. Like, you've probably heard him as Red Skull in in, uh, in Marvel Infinity War, as well as a lot of the various characters in the What If series on Disney+. And he's just an incredible impressionist. When I got to see him, they have this event at, uh, at Emerald City and some of the various conventions called Twisted Tunes, where they have a lot of the voice actor guests come up and do a like a script reading. And in this case, it was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, like the Steve Martin, John Candy film. Um, so it was very, <laughs> compared to the previous year's Wizard of Oz, it was a, it was a much uh, more adult script. But it was crazy. I mean, we, you had frickin', you had Nolan North, D. Bradley Baker, Steve Bloom, Ross Marquand, and then actually my friend Scott Burns, like a local Seattle talent, was invited, like uh, Jeff Zanini, the guy who coordinates that, saw Scott in the audience. He's like, what are you doing in there? Get up here. And he's like, <laughs> and he got included. It was so cool. And that's the um, thing where they, they throw them a random character and they have to do it in that voice, right? So they say it's playing yeah, trains yeah, automobile, but, but Steve Martin is Miss Piggy and and John Candy exactly, is Ren exactly. from Ren and Stimpy, right? Okay. The highlight for that was like there was one scene where um, where Michael K- or excuse me Ross Marquand was Michael Caine as I believe Steve Martin's character, and then um, or and then Nolan North was Al Pacino. Oh, that's great <laughs> as as John Candy, and he was just like that was one of if you've never seen like Ross has done a number of impression videos for Vanity Fair and he was on a show called The Impressionist if you want to see his work, but it was just. It was just spot on. It was amazing. And that, like, Lynn Nolan was, like, literally, like, he was choking on stage a little bit. He was just so impressed. He was just like, wow, what do I do? It, just, it was crazy. And it was awesome. I, uh, one other cool thing about the con is that my buddy, Heath Martin, who's, like, a local voice talent, or another local voice talent, and a, uh, a student of Steve Bloom's, like, I was kind of tagging along with him and his, or uh, with Heath and his son on Friday, and... We actually got to like since he he got a big like he got a big boy celebrity guest pass, so I got to tag along with him, and we had to cut ahead of line and talk with Steve one on one for a minute. It was really cool. I was really, if you're listening, Heath, thank you very much. I feel blessed that you included me on that. He's not listening, but that was kind anyway. <laughs> He's probably not listening, yeah. but it's all right. He's he might be. He's very supportive of his friends and peers. Um, That's but cool. anyways, so so it was a really cool. Um, 
event, and there were some there was actually some excellent questions and in, in responses for some of the actors. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but one thing that really resonated with me the most was somebody asked D. Bradley Baker, who's known for a lot of comedic roles. He was Klaus on uh, The Fish on American Dad and a lot of Family Guy stuff, and uh, he's uh, Cinnamon Bun on Adventure Time and, and things like that. But he also plays much more dramatic roles, like we do. And somebody had asked if it was difficult to transition from the comedy to the more dramatic roles. And he said, Dee's response was, the more you do this, you begin to challenge yourself and you find theater within you. And just that, that you find theater within, it was just, it really resonated with me. Just this idea, not only of like, you find like capital T theater drama acting within yourself, but like yeah, you have a literal theater of characters that you, you have, right? So I just love that idea of, of challenging yourself and finding the theater within. Yeah, it was a great conference. It was weird. It was bittersweet. I wasn't. I went with my dad and my friend Sephra. Um, my my fiance couldn't join, unfortunately, because of the current situation, and understandably so. But hopefully, things will calm down in the years ahead, and we might have more events like this. Cool. Well, I'm glad you had fun. It was great. It was different, weird, uh, and I need to work on my social skills after being rusty for two years. But <laughs> like. Um, but yeah, no, hey, being in all these Zoom conferences are not the same as talking to strangers in person after like a five-year hiatus. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But anyways, so work stuff. I did work things too. Lots of different, like, uh, I, I might have mentioned, but I was cast in a video game recently. That's about all I can say, but just very happy about that. Um, and I will let you guys know more as soon as I can. And other than that, I had my first, um, here's one of the funny things about like working with international clients is like several months ago I did like an explainer video for a client for like $450 and it's funny we had this weird payment issue because like I sent them an invoice and then according to German tax laws they needed specific information to be included in the invoice and then I did and then apparently they didn't receive it and here I thought they were like trying to skip payment or something like that so I just sent them like I waited almost two months, and I was like, have you received this information? Are you still going to pay me? They're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We were hoping you'd contact us. Oh. So not only that, but then they come back to me like a week later. They're like, oh, we want extended usage on this thing, like international usage in perpetuity. And for an explainer video, they presented me with a, a fair rate, and which was in this case was about $2,500. So... That $450 job turned into a $3,000 job. Wow. So I was very happy about that. Um, as far as like VO education-wise, been having a lot of that come up. We just wrapped up VO 102 for um, Rekindle School, the uh, the independent school I work here out of here in Seattle. And that was great. We, we I always like to focus the last lesson of that class on video games because we're about eight weeks into the class at this point. So I feel like people are finally at that point where they can dive into the meteor cinematic drama of video games. And like we had some some older students and stuff like that and they're just like we had some interesting questions because they were either like unfamiliar with the medium or like it didn't really resonate with them and so one student was like how do you how do you bring yourself to be interested in this stuff if, if you're not i was like well if you're doing this professionally money is a motivator <laughs> but like um 
but eating is always good. And then I, yeah, getting paid like eating is always good. And as my my mentor David Rosenthal says, you have to find the fun with whatever you do, even if the script is crap. If the script is crap, then it you can find the fun in making it sound good, right? But anyways, so so that that was a bit of an epiphany for them. And then another student. We were working on effort sounds and stuff like that. They were trying to play like this strong but pained uh, undead knight character of some kind. And we were working on like hit what are called attack declares, where you declare an attack. So you need to have some kind of attacking effort sound either before the line or afterward to indicate the attack, right? And so I was like, all right. So this guy was struggling with it, and he's like, I don't know why I'm struggling with it. I was like, because you're thinking about it, and you're not doing it. Just swing a sword, (laughs) like, right? Like, actually do the gesture of swinging a sword. And so we would have kind of like his earlier attempts were more like, kind of thing, where he's straining a little bit. I was like, all right, we're getting somewhere, but you're a strong knight who's been doing this for centuries. This is a practice gesture. We, but so you're not going to sound like you're in pain, but we need to hear you. We need to hear the size of this broadsword that's like 10 feet tall. So it, it's not like an, ah, it's a, ah, right? Like we need to hear the size. And so afterwards, that student actually contacted me. He was like, wow, thank you so much for pushing me way out of my comfort zone. I can't wait until the next class, which is unfortunately not till January because. <laughs> We got two holidays um, falling on the weekend. But but anyway, so that was really good. And then I'll be teaching some classes in the spring for Lakewood Institute of Theater, working with high school and adults again, or high school students and adults again, doing a character and accent class and another intro to VO class. It's crazy. Um, and then for GVAA, like we just wrapped up my VO Home Studio Basics webinar. I poured a lot of sweat in PowerPoint presentations and video media into that. So if you want to learn everything you need to know about setting up your home studio, highly recommend that. Um, and it was cool. I got to experiment with stuff like screen sharing using my phone's camera. So I had kind of like an aerial view of some of the equipment kind of like you might see the b-roll for like podcastage or booth junkie or something like that so it was really fun and then lastly david toback and david rosenthal and i for gvaa are working on a script analysis webinar just coming up on the 16th so in 10 days and um and this is just an area where we hear about people asking about all the time or just not really having a conscious process of analysis when it comes to reading scripts I mean, like to you and I and some of our working members, like it, it or excuse me, some of our working uh, peers, it seems obvious that we need to have the ability to analyze and interpret copy. But most people don't really have a process or a means of articulating that process. So the two Davids and I are showing our processes on several genres of scripts on commercial or how to approach commercial copy. David Toback's going to do that one. How to do character copy. David Rosenthal's going to do that one. And I'm going to do narration stuff. So, like, mainly, like, audiobooks and documentary. So, so yeah, it should be a great webinar, and I'm really looking forward to it. So that's it. A lot of work this last couple of weeks. Is that webinar going to be um, available for the entire membership, or is it an additional cost? Oh, uh, so all of our recorded stuff, er, so l- that's a great question because our members ask about that too. So all the live well, webinars we do. I'm not only do, a client, I'm also a member. 
He is. That's right. It was pers- it was uh, particularly relevant. So you will get access to this for free as soon as the recording is available. So we, at GVA, we have live webinars that become recorded webinars that we sell the recordings for. So members don't need to pay to access the recordings, right? If they want to ask questions at the live event, they would have to pay for that. But they'd get all the recordings for free. And of course, the general public can purchase either the live or the recorded webinar. So I hope that makes sense. No, that helps a lot. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Perfect. So yeah, well, I've been rambling for like 10 minutes now. (laughs) Tell me about you, Paul. 20 minutes, actually, but who's counting? (laughs) 20 minutes, shit. (laughs) Well, I've had a a few things over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm still working on a couple of author-directed books. So I finished one last week, and I'm starting a new one tomorrow, actually on location in person. So this is a a local-to-me author who a friend referred me to, and we're recording live in the free library downtown, which happens to have a podcast studio, which I didn't even know about. But uh, this client's house wasn't really going to work out because it's too noisy. They're in the city, lots of sirens and dogs and kids screaming. So they said, we're going to find a studio and they came back to me and said, the free library actually has this facility, which I didn't know. So I'm anxious to go check it out. We're going to s- sort of scout and start at the same time. I'm, I'm pretty confident from what they described. I can make it work. So we're just going to start tomorrow and record over the next couple of days. And then I've done a couple of videos here and there. I did a, an in-house training for Samsung last week, and that was okay. Um, but by and large, it's actually been kind of slow, and it's a, a topic I wanted to bring up before... We get too far into the, the podcast because it's been hard, honestly. Uh, I'm working with another client on consulting with their studio space. A friend of the show, Bridget Real, uh, referred this person to me, who's another local voice actor who needed some assistance in getting their sound right. So I'm, I'm helping this, uh, this voice actor with their studio setup. And um, one of the things they share with me is that they've been having some trouble this this last couple of weeks too and i said well you know it's hard right like it's really hard to book anything for anybody no matter how long you've been doing this and it got to, to it got me to thinking about what a shitty couple of weeks i've had <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm so it's just like um just reminds me of uh of like this one song that i've heard where it's just like but it's just like I took all the good karma apparently <laughs> could be yeah maybe i should blame you but anyway, a couple of specifics, because there's some really frustrating things that have happened that have happened before, but to the to the extent they've happened in the last couple of weeks, it's really like fate is trying to just kick me in the balls, and I'm not sure why. So, first of all, I had the, this company reach out to me for a, a multinational cable network ad, and they said, give me a quote, and uh, and and we'll move on. Or at least it seemed that way to me. It was, it's all through email. It was an international client, so... You know, there's some things lost in translation. So I'm thinking, great, I've got this gig locked down for TV. It'll be my first national uh, uh, commercial on cable. And then I follow up like a week later, and they say, oh, uh, we're still working on it. Another week later, oh, we're still working on it. And now it's been a month, so it's obviously not happening. So what I thought was a direct request for my for my talent to be on hold was basically just sending out to everybody. So that was really frustrating. And then, in a similar vein, uh, a freelance company I work with, a freelance website, one of, the, one of these ones where you can list your demos and people can hire multiple actors and get bids for multiple actors. Similar thing, I get a quote request. Now, this particular website actually calls it a quote request, and it's for a just under 600-hour 
uh, sorry, 600 minute uh, e-learning session. So I go to the GVAA and look up the, the rate. I quote uh, $15,000. Seems pretty, it's kind of in the middle of what this should be for, for e-learning with split files because it's 28 individual modules split over 600 minutes. And uh, I send the quote. Uh, the person on the other end says, great, we'll send it to the client and let you know. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, wait a minute. This is a quote request. I thought you were, you were ready to go on this. And they said, oh, no, sorry. It's, we're, we're shopping several voices. We probably won't know until after Thanksgiving. This was back in like the first week of November. So <sighs> that was really frustrating. Then Thanksgiving comes and goes. And just in the last hour, I get a response from them saying, oh, they went with another voice. Sorry. So that's a, another kick in the groin. And then finally, the coup de grace, and I will preface this by saying I, had, I have heard this happen to other people, other voice actors, but it's the first time it's happened to me. Uh, a friend of, of mine who's a voice actor as well sent me an email saying that they got this audition from their agent, and it has a voice reference. Now, I will say they're a woman, but they had two voice references that said one male, one female. Um, if you're a woman, obviously use the female reference. If you're a male, use the male. And she said, I think this is you. Is it you? So I listened to it, and it's a clip off. It's one of my demos. So it's, it's one of my uh, demos on my website. It's my e-learning slash narration demo. So I responded back. and said, yeah, it's definitely me. Do you know how they got it? And they said, no idea. So I said, well, would you mind referring me to the agent maybe? Because this agent is not someone who represents me. So um, they said, sure, why not? I'll, I'll send you the, uh, I'll send the note to the agent. So she did. And the agent said, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. Send me uh, a couple of raw reads on this copy I'm including. So I did that. And like 10 minutes later, the agent says, oh, sorry, you sound too much like people on my roster. Uh, we're not interested right now. But you sound good. <laughs> so then I, I responded to that and said, okay, that's fine. I understand that that, that seems reasonable. But what about this client who's sending my voice out as a reference? Who is the client? And could you maybe contact them on my behalf and say, hey, I know the guy. Maybe you just want to hire him. So uh, agent says, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. So send me an audition on this same read that we sent out to, to our roster. So I send them that, and that was last Wednesday. Crickets, nothing. So not only can I not get hired for pretty much anything over the last couple of weeks, I can't get hired to do a job that wants to be me. <laughs> it's the most frustrating thing. reached a thing. milestone, Paul. It's finally happened to you. We want Paul Stefano. Who the hell's Paul Stefano? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's the most frustrating thing ever, as you can tell. I'm a little fired up about it, but uh, I'm, I'm thinking about when I was doing the read last week, right here in the booth, and thinking, how the hell do I make myself sound like me? <laughs> <laughs> So they'll like want to hire, hire me. Please. How am I not myself? Uh, so that's been my last couple of weeks. I, I still have a couple of repeat clients that are that are coming in, thankfully. But, man, there are some frustrating things that I know other people go through in this business. But uh, the timing couldn't be worse with the holidays coming up. And, you know, we talked about imposter syndrome before. And it's just making me feel it more and more over these last couple of weeks. I feel, Well, like I said, like usually that's 
or usually it's darkest before dawn, as they say. Like, er, speaking of Ross Marquand from The Con, he was like, yeah, I had pretty much decided to myself I was giving up acting the week before I got The Walking Dead. And so, wow. And, and he, yeah, and he even mentioned, he was like, I built, he's like, I got into $150,000 worth of debt pursuing acting before I made my break and was able to pay it all off. So it it can be dark times for all of us, right? And, and so... Like, I'm hearing this stuff, and like I said, I really think these are milestones for you, like, in a way. Yes, they're frustrating milestones, but they're just part and parcel of what we do. (laughs) It's just funny that it's fine. It's presented itself all at once. There, I mean, there is the bright side. I I thought about this in the last couple of days. There is the bright side that I've done enough marketing and gotten myself out there enough that someone did grab my demo as a reference and heard it. So I don't know where they got it or why they why they heard it. Maybe they just went to my site on a drive-by and downloaded it, but they liked it enough to use it as a reference. And I guess that's partially positive. Indeed. You know me. Focus on the positive. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. So we can move on. Anything else? No, that's my uh, my rant for this afternoon. Uh, now that I've put it on the podcast, I'll probably write a blog about it. Oh, I do want to mention that. I've started writing a blog again. I have one that I've had on my website kind of stagnant for the last couple of years, but... I took this idea partially because I was already ruminating on it, and then George Whittem from VOBS also put it on Facebook like the exact same time I was thinking about it. And um, he said, I think I'm just going to stop replying to Facebook and wasting my time and putting everything I was going to answer in the Facebook groups into my own blog. And I, I replied to his comment and said, oh, my God, I'm doing the exact same thing. Or I'm about to. So we both launched it around the same time. So. I've started to do a That's series awesome. of blog entries on anytime I see a Facebook question I want to answer, I'm just going to put it on my own blog, and I have several out there now, about half a dozen. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's what um, started my whole like voiceover career questions and considerations resource document. It was like, I am tired of writing stuff out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I just like having just sending him a link. And then people are like, oh, that's so impersonal. I'm like, well, I spent hours developing this for you for free. But yeah, so, but I feel that too. I've, I've actually really been wanting to like, I like writing, but I don't have the attention span for blogging. It may be the consistency for it. Like, um, I like doing video things like I did in the past with my reviews. So mm-hmm. I might do something like that. More of like, or I don't know. You don't really hear about people doing, well, maybe Mark Scott, but I'm just like hybrids where it's like they blog, they podcast, they video, all that stuff. So I don't know. Maybe eventually I'll do all three. <laughs> yeah, keep me up to date on what you're doing. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, thank you. So that pretty much wraps up our VO meter reference levels. We'll have our interview with Dan coming up in just a moment right after a word from these sponsors. Hey everyone, Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest performing portable sound isolation booths. Our professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recordings to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. 
You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Up now it's time for our questionable gear purchase for once i bought stuff guys it's been a while (laughs) i haven't had questionable gear purchases in a very long time but there were some really cool things that came out recently that i had to take advantage of so as you guys know it was the holiday season so black friday and cyber monday sales abound and i try to be very selective because i mean To be honest, I don't really need a lot of new things, but I was looking to upgrade my one of my interfaces, actually, my my Centrance Mixer Face uh, R4. Not that there was anything wrong with it, but I was really lusting after the current model, the Portcaster, because it has additional features that I wanted, like it's USB-C as opposed to micro USB. It has a loopback feature for guests, which is something that I've wanted for a very long time like i've bought and sold the yamaha ago3 like three times mm-hmm. <laughs> so have i because because of that feature but it like it's a little bit pricey now like when it was going as an indiegogo campaign the portcaster it was like 300 350 but now it's like 500 dollars. like probably because of chip shortages and stuff like that but i i had the idea to ask michael goodman at centrance i was like could i trade in my mixer face towards a portcaster and he's like oh yeah so i sent it off last week i'm waiting to hear back from them but i'm hoping to get like if they can shave close to like 40 50 percent off the price i will totally get it um so i'm really excited about that and that's something that you can like that's yet another way that you can save money in your own gear purchases is see if people are willing to do a trade or of course the typical routes of demo used etc Let's see, other than that, one Black Friday deal I did take advantage of with, was Isotope's RX-9 upgrade from RX-8, which was only... So for those of you who don't know, the Isotope RX standard stuff is usually $400 for, for, this, uh, for a particular version. But if you have a previous version, they were offering it for $99 as opposed to their usual $200. And if you had the previous version, which I do, RX-8, they were offering it for $50. Honestly, if you have RX-7, RX-8, whatever, you're fine, but I like being current, I guess, <laughs> and having excuses to spend my money. <laughs> but anyway, so on top of that, uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to Mike Tobin in the uh, Mac and iOS for VO group, who pointed out that Twisted Wave, our beloved DAW of choice for Paul and I had some really cool new upgraded features that that you can actually pay an additional fee for and in a modest one I'll get to that in a second but they they have developed a very simple but sophisticated speech recognition feature similar to say like positron audio where it's like you you upload or um, I mean you've got your mp3 or your wave and then you upload an rtf or a pdf file and it can recognize and will highlight like, for example, if I highlight a section of audio, it will highlight the accompanying text, right? And if I make a mistake, there won't be a highlight in that area. So I'm like, oh, I got a word wrong. I can redo that. And for the current audiobook I'm working on now, where I messed up a particular place name throughout the text, this will save me so much time. 
<laughs> so, so that was a no-brainer for me. And then, so if you have Twisted Wave already, you can you have to pay forty-five dollars to get that feature. But if you get that, they're also offering Video Sync, which is very useful if you do a lot of dubbing, um, if you do a lot of video work yourself. It basically just aligns video with audio and allows you to replace existing audio very easily. So if you're already getting one of the uh, uh, the speech recognition, you can get both for $60 as opposed to $90 separately. I spent like 80 bucks on Twisted Wave like five years ago, and it has paid for itself a bajillion times over, so I am willing to pay the, the modest sum to, to get these added features to really allow it to compete with some of the more advanced softwares like, say, uh, Studio One uh, Professional or, or uh, Adobe Audition. That's great. And Thomas, the developer, is, is so responsive that he deserves every penny. Absolutely. I, it is not, like I said, it's a no-brainer, and he deserves every penny. Well, that's great. Some actual useful gear purchases as opposed to questionable, <laughs> but it's, it's an excuse to revive the segment, so we'll take it. Yep. Sensible gear purchases. <laughs> Okay, so we've wasted enough of our listeners' time. Let's, let's get to the meat of the episode. Our interview with incoming, or newly elected, I should say, president of the World Voices Organization, Dan Leonard. How many times has this happened to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on. Not unlike this one. And this guy starts talking. Not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking. Not unlike myself. And you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist. Because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the VO Meter. We're pleased to be joined by Dan Leonard, the knowledgeable voice and the home studio master. And as we'll talk about in a second, the newly elected president of Volvo. Now, hailing from Sherman Oaks, California, Dan Leonard has been a radio personality, a high school media and social studies teacher, and currently is a freelance producer, professional voice artist, and professional home voiceover studio technical consultant. He is also a founding board member and now president of World Voices Organization, the industry association of freelance voice talent worldwide. Dan specializes in commercial and e-learning voice work. He also has become a recognized industry expert and consultant in home studio setup and problem solving, specifically for voiceover artists new to the industry, or experienced but with little or no self-recording experience. He is co-host of the popular weekly webcast and podcast, Voice Over Body Shop, with George Whittem, which talks about home voiceover studio tech, presents guests from the voiceover industry, and other relevant voiceover industry news. His philosophy? Keep it simple. Please welcome to the show, Dan Leonard. How are you, Dan? Hey, Paul. Great to talk to you. It's been a while. It has been, but we appreciate you... Uh, humoring us and coming back on the podcast. You have been a guest before. <laughs> no problem at all. My pleasure. So congratulations. You were just, I think, last week elected to be president of Wovo. How'd that happen? Let's talk about 
First of all, the election process, was it a tough race? And who did you beat out is what I want to know. Uh, no, it was. Uh, it's, <laughs> if you know anything about not-for-profit boards and stuff like that, it's uh, it's a matter of the the board of directors deciding who's next in line and uh, or who is. Generally, the president of of a board will one of their important jobs is to find their successor and train them. Thing is, is I was mostly training our current, you know, our former president. <laughs> <laughs> On, on things that needed to be done, and uh, you know, and she did a great job with it. And uh, you know, I had had experience as a, uh, a a board president before with another organization, and uh, I wanted to lend my expertise to to Movo and, and you know and make some of the changes that I thought that we needed to make. And uh, the board had no problem with it. Well, that's great. And as a member myself, I'm happy to have you running running the ship, so to speak. So oh, appreciate we, talked, it. we talked about it being you being a founding board member. Can you talk about the history a little bit about the organization? Sure. Um, the idea of Wovo started a good four or five years before it actually happened. If anyone recalls the first voice uh, conference in uh, Las Vegas in 2007, uh, it was really the first organized voiceover conference you know for for freelance voice actors. Uh, it was still a burgeoning industry at the time. And uh, they threw us in a room the first night, and they couldn't get us out because we were all just chatting and chatting and chatting and chatting. And like, oh, I know you. Oh, I've, I've read your stuff online. And, you know, it was a lot of meeting people who would, you know, over time would become, you know, my closest friends. And uh, one of the things that we discussed was creating an industry association. The voiceover business, as you know, is, has grown tremendously in the last five to ten years, you know, probably and probably even more during the pandemic. Uh, but back then, there weren't quite as many. But we were all, you know, we were professionals, people who knew how to do it, and uh, were, you know, trying to show the world that you know we were professionals and that we needed to be compensated as such, and uh, to not treat voice actors as a dime a dozen, which happened a lot. So we, uh, you know, we sort of put the idea on the table. Another organization, you know, sort of came along, and through that, uh, the four founders of uh, of Wovo, Dave Cravassier, Dustin Ebaugh, uh, Chris Metzalesta, and myself, went beyond what you know we thought we could do with this other organization, and and we just said, okay, let's do this. Let's create a true industry association where we're we're going to help the members and the community understand that voice actors are professionals, that we can help people learn the proper techniques and represent our interests, not so much as a union, but as an industry association whose job it is is to promote uh, the, that particular industry to the rest of the world. Uh, a lot of people are like, well, what does this organization do for me? And I'll talk about that a little bit later. It really was a matter of not necessarily talking to the people who are voice actors, but the people who are not and hire us and get them you know, excited about what we do and hire our people as opposed to looking all over the place or using the pay to plays or something along those lines. And uh, that was something that you know, eventually came to fruition as well. Uh, but we started it in 2011, I believe, because this is our 10th anniversary. 
and we were incorporated in Nevada and with a lot of ballyhoo and uh, a lot of articles and uh, just getting out there and letting people know we were there, people started to join. A few years later, uh, Joe Davis and I collaborated on creating our searchable database of our professional talent, voiceover.biz, which allows anyone looking to hire somebody to uh, go into voiceover.biz, do a detailed search for the type of voice they're looking for, and find the profiles and the demos of the people that fit that particular description. And when we did that, because it was in response to what one of the pay-to-plays was doing and treating their customers, us voice actors, as commodities as opposed to their customers, we created voiceover.biz to compete with that. If not to compete with it, to show everybody else, including the pay-to-plays, that we're going to take this into our own hands and we're not going to let you guys just abuse us the way you do and, and take as much money as you are from the fees that are being paid out by uh, talent seekers. And uh, then we started having conferences. And once we started having you know conferences, WovoCons, people you know had to be a member to, to come to the conference, and a lot of people joined then. And so the organization grew, and uh, that's where we are today. That's excellent, Dan. Thank you so much. So let's talk more about what Wovo is and what it does for talent. What exactly is your guys' mission statement? What are you trying to achieve? Well, it depends on who you ask and what our mission statement actually is. I mean, I remember writing one originally, and it sort of shifted as, as time went on. But truly, our mission at Wovo is to promote the professional nature of being a voice talent to the people that potentially hire voice talent. Uh, you know, to anybody who's a professional talent and, and those who want to be, we also provide community, networking, services, and resources to help voice talents make the most of their business. And as any professional member will tell you, this isn't show business. And I know you guys know this. Voiceover in the 21st century is an entrepreneurial endeavor and everything that, that that entails. So our mission is to really promote all of those different points to the people that hire us and, of course, to our membership and people who want to get into the business. That's great. And I know I've benefited from all those things over the years. So let's talk about some of the accomplishments the organization has has reached and then maybe some of the problems or hurdles you've had to overcome as an organization over the years. Absolutely. Well, what have we accomplished? We've accomplished a lot of things. Uh, one, we started an organization, an international organization, which, you know, it's, I think George Carlin once said, how do you start a path? You sort of have to hold the grass down yourself at first. But uh, we set out to really create a worldwide organization, and we did. And we got people to join and get involved. I'm very proud of that. You know, it's everybody's like, well, yeah, you started an organization. Yeah, let's see you try and do that. And let's see if you can keep it going for 10 years and, you know, increase your membership and provide the benefits of the mission that we have. And uh, it's not an easy thing to do. And it takes a lot of people and it takes it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of volunteer work. But the things we've accomplished, first off, we were one of the things that got a lot of people interested in what we were doing was addressing some of the issues that were happening in the voiceover business. Number one was ISDN. Uh, if you remember about eight or nine years ago, 
ISDN still ruled ruled the roost, and it created an economic disparity because it was more expensive in certain locations than it was in others. So it became more prohibitively expensive for some people in markets where ISDN was very very expensive, and it sort of threw the equilibrium off as to who would be, you know, who could actually use it. So uh, we wrote uh, we wrote a, a long. I, I called it the Emancipation from ISDN Proclamation, <laughs> and uh, I, I was a social studies teacher, so I always use American American ref, history references. But it talked about the fact that it, what there was economic disparity, and that the studios really needed to jump ahead and start using the IP-based systems, because that would give access to everybody, and then that would expand their pool of talent that the studios could use remotely from all over the country. That got a lot of people interested because we put that we put that forth in a lot of places, and people like, oh, here's an organization that's actually looking out for our interest, and a lot of people joined from there. Did it actually happen? I think a lot of studios started to consider Source Connect, and during the pandemic, ISDN just sort of faded away. You know, we, you know, my my co-host at Voiceover Body Shop, George Whitam, and I were always talking about it'll be gone in a year. And then another year would go by, another year would go by, another year would go by, and people were, you know, and studios were still using it. Once the pandemic hit, it just went by the wayside because they had to be able, the studios had to be con connected to a lot of different people, and it made more sense for them to start using things like Source Connect and IPDTL and uh, you know some of the other services that were out there, and it benefited them because then they could access all sorts of people. Another thing we did uh, was respond to one of the uh, pay-to-play sites who will rename nameless because I'm not going to mention their name. That was using, as I mentioned earlier, their their customers, us voice actors, people who were paying, in some cases, exorbitant amounts of money to be listed on their site. They were using us as a commodity. We were no longer their customers. We were the thing that they were presenting to potential clients and you know several of our members really started to in investigate what they were doing and you would see a job listed on one of the pay to play sites for $1000 and then on this other one for $200 and what was that all about so when we looked at it we discovered they had gone to this managed services mode of business whereas uh, if somebody wanted needed a voice talent and they went to their website and they're like, look, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm, and they would post a job, say, for $1,000. Somebody in their staff would see that, pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, you know, that $1,000, we'll be happy to, you know, cast it for you, produce it for you, and give it to you for that $1,000. But what they were doing is they were taking more than 50%, probably more like 60% of that, of that $1,000, and the jobs would be posted at their website at a much lower rate. So some of us became a little suspicious. And uh, I personally picked myself up and went to their, their headquarters in, uh, in Canada. I won't localize it too much. Hmm. Uh, and and had, had lunch with the president of the organization and, and you know, the, the, the CEO. And I said, you're going to have a revolt on your hands. You can't do this. You can't treat us as a commodity. And he basically, you know, sloughed it off. Now, granted, he did pay for lunch, but um, 
I came home and immediately left that pay to pay site and let everybody else know that I was doing that. And a bunch of other people on our board and members of Wovo uh, also, also uh, dropped it. Uh, some people stayed on because they were getting a lot of work from there. What this organization was doing is they were they were cherry picking the jobs. So people are paying a fee to be on their site. They're paying uh, a percentage to get paid through their pay system, uh, and then they were getting ripped off. You know, uh, far more than what an agent would take. You know, it wasn't ten percent or fifteen. It was like in some cases we documented eighty percent, and so we actively went out there and started talking in the community about this isn't right. And that's when we launched voiceover.biz uh, as an answer to that. And I think it left several of the pay-to-play shaken in their boots. And and we've only made it better since then. We totally changed the, uh, uh, the platform to be far more robust and an easy search engine for people looking for voice talent. The issue we, we've had is getting it promoted, but we can talk about that in a little bit. But that was a major accomplishment. Also, the conferences we had. The first one we had in Henderson, Nevada, uh, about seven years ago, was a huge success. I mean, we, you know, a lot of us, if if any of you remember Fafcon, uh, Fafcon it just it, it just stopped. It was Fafcon was always a uh, like voiceover retreat for voiceover professionals. It wasn't like a big show for sponsors to come in and and all of that. It was a it was really a a gathering of professionals talking to each other and really discussing our business uh, in a much more personal way and not having to worry about showing up for certain sessions with a certain speaker or anything like that. And we wanted to do that with uh, with Wovo uh, and with the Wovocons. And we asked the members that showed up, what is it that we should be doing? And some great suggestions came out of that talking to other industry associations and creating collaborative efforts in the, in, in the industry. Um, and people just came away from that going, this is a great idea. And once we had one of those, more people started to join because they wanted to come to the conferences. And uh, that really, that was another thing that really made us take off. And we're really proud of how well those conferences were run. You know, we had been doing it at the Tropicana in, in Las Vegas which can be a problem because, you know, there's smoke and it's Vegas. And, and while Vegas isn't hard to get to, it's not real family friendly. So we're, our next one, when we can start doing it again, probably later this year or early in 2023, uh, we're going to go to Orlando. Oh, and, uh, wonderful. I literally just got back from Orlando yeah. last night. <laughs> yeah. And how is Orlando? It's beautiful this time of year. About 75 yeah, in the afternoon and 50 at night. Just, just heaven. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're thinking that's that's a much more family friendly place, uh, really conducive to conventions like ours. And uh, so we're going to start doing that. So those are the things that we've accomplished. Uh, so you can see that it really has fit in with our mission of promoting the professional nature of voiceover to the actual voiceover, uh, you know, the people who hire us, but also providing these services and resources to uh, our members, including a mentoring program, which has uh, gone through a couple of different evolutions over the years. Uh, but we have George Washington III, if any of you know George, uh, is the head of that. And you know he's a professional teacher. Uh, and we have some other people who are mentors. And anybody who's a member can be a mentor. Uh, and it doesn't take up a lot of time. But for people coming into the business, it helps to have somebody say, look, here's 
here's what some of the things I do. Here's what some of the other professional members do, and 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 help them out uh, doing the things they need to do to get their voiceover businesses off the ground. Well, that's definitely one of the highlights for me too, because people might be wondering if they're in that kind of intermediate level, like how can they give back? Well, you can help train the next generation of aspiring talent too. To, and that's what I've always loved about Wovo is to really think about this as a business and to not let yourself be taken advantage of. So, I mean, that's what you guys have accomplished in the last decade is incredible between the international trade organization, whistleblowing on unreputable pay to plays um, and the Wovo conferences themselves. I mean, the, the response has been so positive. They're usually referred to as almost kind of like the new FAFCON, which was a very popular insular conference that was hard to get into. So I really hope it's just the sign of more good things to come for you guys. We really didn't fashion it after FAFCON so much, but the leadership of the organization, we were all FAFers and we discussed it uh, and it really came to fruition at a FAFCON in Ventura. Uh, where you know where Chris Mesalesta and Dustin Ebon and Corvo and I were sitting in Dustin's car in the parking lot going how are we going to do this <laughs> and uh, you know and we had Rob Siglampagli on the phone and you know he still serves as our uh, our corporate counsel and uh, and we came up with what we thought would be a, a really workable organization and uh, you know, so from that conversation of the four of us in a car with steamed up windows, we accomplished, I think, what we wanted to do. And now it's time to move it on to the next phase. Well, speaking of the next phase, I mean, with everything you've accomplished, it couldn't have just been smooth sailing all the way. So <laughs> would you be my or would you mind telling us about some of the challenges or issues you faced over the last 10 years? Yeah, well, num numero uno, uh, we're a volunteer organization. One of the things that I, I would say at every WovoCon when I would address the troops is we're a professional organization run by a people who are not professional organization runners. And it, it's tough because people, you know, the voiceover businesses, which, as you guys know, is a constant challenge of marketing yourself and doing the work that uh, the gigs you get, you know, and you have families and all the things that go with that. Volunteering for something like this is, can be kind of difficult. And getting certain tasks done by volunteers was very, very difficult. So, you know, we have a newsletter. We, uh, you know, we, we tried to, you know, we've got the mentoring program. We've got, you know, voiceover.biz. Uh, one of the other things that we did is, you know, I failed to mention this one. And you, it's kind of weird that, you know, I would forget this seeing as, you know, it's my department, uh, was setting actual technical standards for voiceover audio from a home studio. I got a bunch of people together who really knew a lot about this. Uh, Uncle Roy Yokelson, of course, George Widom, my co-host at VoiceOver Body Shop, Joe Van Riper, who was uh, also, you know, who, who contributed, and, and a couple of other, of other people over the years. Jordan Reynolds has joined us since then. And we really established what specifically, oh, and Cliff Zellman. How can I forget Cliff? We sat down and within an hour or two, we all came to a consensus of what good voiceover audio should be and set that as a standard for everybody else. And, uh, you know, before the technical standards were from analog, from analog days, and nobody had really stepped forward and said, this is what's really necessary for 
home studio audio in the digital age. And uh, I, I'm really proud of what we accomplished with that as well. And one of the things we have is we call it studio approval. It's only for professional members so that we can hear their studios and see if it's meeting our standards. And usually they are. And if there's a little minor problem, one of us will usually step in and go, okay, you know, there's a little reverberant in your booth or you're too far from your mic or your levels are too low or you've got a lot of background noise or something along those lines. My opinion was always, if you're a professional and you're getting paid to do work, your studio is probably just fine. But then again, the question becomes, what kind of work are you not getting because your studio is not up to snuff? So we, we provide that service to our professional members as well. And, and we're also planning on actually having some training for people who are our associate members, people who aren't professional members, uh, how to improve their audio and get it the way it's supposed to be. But, you know, all of these things take volunteers and, and that's difficult to do. So one of the things that we're going to start doing uh, is starting to hire professionals who work in the areas that we need help with, communications with our membership. It's always been a tough one. Uh, you know, we have a Facebook page, we have our website, and we want to be able to communicate directly to our members every month and say, look, this is what we're doing, and hey, get involved. Is this something you can help us with? And jump in. But it takes professional people who do that full time to not necessarily prepare a newsletter or, or get certain information out, people who are, you know, what we call clearinghouses, things like that. So we're going to start hiring and contracting with companies who can help us communicate better uh, and get our word out, A, to our membership and B, to the rest of the world. Another problem we had was people who joined in other countries were like, well, you're very, you know, Amerocentric. Are, are you really world voices? And we made a very, very conscious effort to get people of international stature into the organization and on our board. Uh, and over the past few years, the last two presidents were not American citizens. One was British, and, uh, and, and Catherine Vazilopoulos, our, our outgoing president, uh, is Canadian. And so, you know, we've really moved to be an international organization. And that presents all sorts of interesting problems because of the disparity in people's incomes in different countries, uh, the different needs and the voiceover cultures in different countries. It's fascinating. I mean, it's really fun to watch and see and communicate with people in other places and see how they do things in, in their places. But we want to be an organization that really benefits everybody around the world that's, you know, into voiceover. Well, that's wonderful the way you've overcome some of those obstacles along the way. Uh, speaking of things changing and addressing issues, what will change now that you're president? Are you going to shake things up or is it more of a status quo and minor improvements? No, 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 no. There will be no status quo under my administration. <laughs> uh, there are certain things that just couldn't get done for a number of reasons. And it certainly was not because of the talent or the dedication of people who have been running the organization before me. But as someone who originally was one of the founders and knows exactly what it is that we want, want to accomplish as an organization, I saw where there were deficits in that. I would always, you know, at board meetings, I would always say, don't get away from our mission. 
I always talk about mission uh, and, you know, what was the premise that Wovo was started on and can we stick to that and not, you know, we can brainstorm all we want, but as a board, our job is to push the mission of our organization, you know, promote professionalism, promote the idea that voiceover is a profession and all the things that go along with that and all the other benefits that we, we uh, you know, we give to our, our members. What I plan on doing is one of them is what exactly you guys and I are doing right now, which is getting out there and letting people know that Wovo is here, that we're here to serve the the voiceover community, both voice talent, professional voice talent and up and coming uh, talent, people trying to get into the business. And of course, the people who hire us. We want them to know that you know there are professionals out there. They don't have to like wring their necks trying to find somebody and going to Forver or Sixer or one of those places with, whose name I won't mention. You know, voiceover people who we've invested in our equipment, we've invested in training, invested in our studios. I mean, we're not paving contractors. We don't want to be the kind of people who just you know give you the lowest quote on something. Not that we ever tried to set rates. That's always something that you know we talk about what what the rate structure is and, and voice over pay, uh, but never suggest to people, this is what you should be charging. That would technically be collusion. And uh, we don't want to do that. We do want people to respect themselves, though, and make sure that they are well compensated for the work that they do. So that's essentially what one of the things that I'm going to do is really get the word out there that we're here. Also, make the effort to make our communication to our membership much more succinct, much more regular, and get communication back. Uh, I think one of the things that a lot of people lack are listening skills. I, you know, I always thought that perhaps, you know, I'm a good listener, but really taking the time to learn how to listen to what people are telling you and how you can, you know, do the things that they would like within the parameters of our mission. But, you know, we're always taking suggestions from from our membership. And uh, that's one of the things we really want to do is really listen to the members and make the organization, you know, what they want it to be, as long as it fits within the mission of what we actually are. And a lot of people ask the the WIIFM question, what's in it for me? So a lot of people joined and then a lot of memberships lapsed because they were like, well, what am I getting out of this? And, you know, and I've talked to you about the things that we do. We, we've got voiceover.biz, networking with the rest of our community, uh, the conferences, our mentoring, giving people the latest industry knowledge and the latest industry news, maybe stuff that people aren't really aware of, and setting these audio technical, you know, standards. I think that's, that's a pile of stuff that'd be good for people if they would actually see what it is that we're doing. I know since I, I became president a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people have renewed some older members that have, whose memberships have lapsed have come back and they want to come back and support me and support the organization and bring it to where I really want to get it and, of course, where the board wants to get it. Wonderful. Well, I mean, I'm extremely ecstatic for you. I know we're in good hands. You seem very proactive and very hands-on with your approach to uh, how you, where you want to take Wovo. And it sounds like 
for people who wonder that question, what's in it for me, it sounds like they might need to be more proactive in their use of the membership, maybe become a mentor or actively participate in some of the discussions or conferences that they get access to through their membership. So I hope that memberships keep coming back and I wish nothing but the best for you and Wovo, Dan. Well, I appreciate that, Sean. It's, you know, I, I as you'll, you'll hear from anybody who works in a not-for-profit, which is another point I'd love to make that we're also a not-for-profit. We're not here to make money for all the you know, members of the board. If anything, it's taking it out of our pocket. Uh, we're doing it because it's important to the industry. And because we're a not-for-profit, when we have our conferences, uh, we can keep the costs down. And our interest isn't promoting the commercial interest of ourselves or certain sponsors or anything like that. It's about giving something back to the voice talent, giving them better information on how to run their businesses, what are their best practices, uh, what are the best practices for coaches and some of these other service organizations uh, that are for profit. We're here, we're not taking any money. Personally, we're using the money we have now to, like I said, hire professionals to do that. And, and it's important to for people to realize that we're not for profit and we're really working in everybody's interest. I'm looking forward to uh, how all this shakes out. You know, there's there are people on our board who are just really good at what they do. George Washington is fabulous with our mentoring program. Uh, Mike McGonigal is our vice president of membership. He just has it down, you know, Pat. He's just, I need information, he gets it to me. Karen O'Brien is a bundle of energy, if you know Karen, uh, and she's running our, our chats. I also wanted to mention my vice president is uh, somebody who I have immense respect for, uh, uh, Ramesh Mitani, who actually lives in the Canary Islands. I love Ramesh. Makes, <laughs> you know, it makes it makes it a little difficult for getting him in for board meetings and stuff like that. But he's somebody that everybody respects, and he so truly understands the international market. And I'm really looking forward to working with him. Uh, as we we expand what we do with uh, with Wovo out there, you know. So if people want to join, uh, they can go to world-voices.org and click on join today. Our website, which uh, Catherine Vasilopoulos has been working tirelessly on the last two years, and if you've ever tried to put a website together, you know what it's like. We wanted to improve the website, make it much more user friendly. You know, when you go to the website. Uh, it says join today. Just click on there. It's $99 a year, which is a great investment in your own career and in the industry itself. We love having new members. We have an onboarding process with them. We want to hear why they've joined, what they expect to get out of it, and the things that we can provide to them. Uh, and I, I think that uh, people will really appreciate that when uh, when they join. Well, Dan, we thank you for having the best interest of voice talent at heart, you and the entire board and all the volunteers at the organization. Hopefully our five or six listeners will, uh, will <laughs> help spread the word. And we appreciate you being back on the VO Meter. Best of luck in your term and Happy New Year. Well, and happy New Year to you. What I don't, I don't get to get to do uh, questionable purchase of the week or oh, anything. Oh, please do. <laughs> if you have something, we'd love to hear about it. Is that a is that an SE mic you're using there, by the way? <laughs> uh, no, this is this is a custom built mic. Uh, oh, cool. Is, 
our, our friends at mikeparts.com have these great mod kits, and this was originally an old MXL 2001. You know, they give you a new circuit board and instructions on how to solder things together, and I'm like, okay, so I did that on, on this particular mic, and now it's essentially a, a Neumann TLM 47. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, with with two, it's you know, it's cardioid and it has an omni pattern on it. But to solder one of these things together and tighten it up and put it in there and hit the the phantom power button and turn the volume up, it's like holy crap, it works! And you didn't blow anything up. That's good. And and nothing blew up, you know. And but and you actually know what you're doing, and I'm sure the first you're the first person to say if you don't know how to solder this stuff, don't get a mic kit. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, but but their instructions were so good, and uh, you know, it was it was fun to do, uh, and it was not a questionable purchase. But, uh, so it was a sensible one. So, but do you oh, have any yeah. questions? I know you're always trying out new gear to recommend for talent. You know, I've I've come to the conclusion that there's nothing new under the sun. I mean, we've been doing voiceover body shop for ten and a half years now, and you know, George is always coming up with stuff, but generally, it's you know, it's another variation on. Uh, on a a theme you know what I look for is not what's cool but what is going to help your workflow and make things easiest for you not at a level of complication if you want a questionable purchase buy you know buy a channel strip you know and and use that that and destroy your audio Um, you know, just having, you know, here's the point, having equipment is not the same as knowing how to use it. So sometimes mm-hmm. when they're like, they'll talk to a coach or an engineer and like, what do I need? Well, you need one of these. Not mentioning to that person that, oh, by the way, it took me 25 years to learn this. Here, you get a chance to use it now. And, and it's not going to make any difference in how you do your voiceover work. There's no piece of equipment out there that's going to change the way you read copy. Mm-hmm. So awesome, and like you said, everything's so good now. Like I find that I'm just like, if you spend two, three hundred dollars on a mic, one to two hundred dollars on an interface, and you treat your room, you're off to the races. Bingo. Yeah, I, to me, everything is physical. You know, it's your room, the acoustics of the room, uh, sound. You know, prevention of sound coming in, prevention of reverberation inside your booth or wherever it is you're recording. Uh, proper microphone technique. And setting your levels right. It's amazing how people do not understand proper uh, input levels, which is why I love the name of your 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 show, <laughs> the VO Meter. It's very appropriate. Uh, constant uh, reminder. Constant. Yes, exactly. You know, you know what is this thing? You know, what is the old analog VU meters, and what did it mean? And uh, you know, getting you know, I get I get audio from people, and these little tiny waveforms, and I'm, like, I'm not sure how to do that. Turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> Always but in then the green, the noise always... will be louder, Dan. Yeah, well, then that, guess what? That goes to an item number one about your, your about your environment. But you know, when it comes to levels, always in the green, always in the yellow, and a flash of red. Yeah. And if you can do that, then you know you're way ahead of the game. It really, is that simple? Well, Dan, it's, it's a pleasure really, talking to you again. It. Happy Hanukkah to you and the family. Thank you. Thank you. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you guys. Thank you, sir. No, it's great to have you on the podcast. Congratulations again on your presidency. Thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, the next couple of years. Walgreens, because it's flu season. You live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. 
Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter Podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. All right, and we are back. Thank you so much, Dan. I mean... Uh, you guys know, he helped me out. He got my studio set up back in my very early days of my career. Paul and I have learned so much from uh, from Voice Over Body Shop, the show that he does with George Whittem. And I know he's been very involved with Wovo for a very long time. So I think it's just a matter of course and well-deserved that he's actually the current president. So congratulations again on your presidency. Dan, couldn't be happier for you. And I can't wait to see what you do in the organization in the years to come. So that wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. To all of our listeners, we hope you have a wonderful, happy holiday season with you and yours, and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase... Tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 